And we're back. 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you guys had a great break. Me and Jesse are now back. We had a week off, but we are back with an awesome episode today. We can't wait for it. We are talking to Harry and Millie, who run a brand called Purgatory. And it's going to be a first for us today, Jess. We are going into their space, their studio space. Um, So it's going to be the first pod that we filmed outside of our little humble abode here um so we're pretty excited with what that's going to bring and jess what do you hope to touch on today when we speak to those two firstly jack feels really good to be back in 2023 i think this is going to be a really big year for us so i'm very excited in regard to the purgatory conversation i can't wait to t- get into detail and talk all about the different products they have mm. they've got everything from hats hoodies pants they've done shoes everything mm-hmm. so we'll dive into that and also they have an intimate relationship, Harry and Millie. So they live together, boyfriend and girlfriend. So diving into that, how they manage that with their business front. Very excited, Jack. Very exciting. Yeah, that dynamic is something we haven't probably come across yet. So Never seen it. It's going to be uh, pretty interesting, I think. So yeah, looking forward to this one and we hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy. I think, yeah, this space, guys, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you guys moved in here a month ago, was it? Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago. Wow. And how'd you go about fitting it out? <laughs> Obviously a lot of furniture in um, here. We already had, because we've already been living, when we, we've been in Melbourne for like five years and we probably lived in like five different places. Mm. So we've like collected a lot of things <laughs> along the way. So most of the stuff is like just from our old apartments and mm. houses. Yeah. How would you like describe this place? I guess it's um, to the audience that isn't <laughs> no, here right now. I feel <laughs> like when, when we were looking for spaces to like... Um, have like a proper studio we were just like really looking for the energy like the creative energy Mm. i didn't want like we didn't want to go somewhere and just like have it like not inspire us yeah like not be like a good like space to like um be creative yeah like even though this is a studio space which for a younger brand you may you may look more towards like someone that has a shop front or, or or you know a mixed space where it has shop front studio whatever it might be this place was we thought was more beneficial for us because, you know, I mean, even you guys being here, you can see all the natural light. You can see like even the yeah, height ceilings, of the ceiling, yeah. everything. Ceilings, yeah. It's super inspiring. And I think that's actually more important to us being like more of an online business, more important for us to have that inspiring space to design in than having, um, you know, maybe a smaller space that has a shop front, but isn't as inspiring. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I think like you obviously spend so much time here and working on, purgatory the brand mm. so you want that space to be somewhere that you know you guys feel yeah happy yeah, yeah. and like creative in and obviously this is what you guys have got at the moment which is pretty incredible i think yeah I you're just kind of uh pretty jealous <laughs> very <laughs> jealous for something like this for a while so. on, on that note of the brand so you guys uh dating at the moment as well so mm. how, tell us a little <laughs> bit about the backstory of your relationship and the brand and how that's all come about um well, Harry's like Harry can tell you about how he started the brand or like the idea of how he started the brand yeah, yeah. when he was like in high school. We both went to high school in Brisbane. Oh, cool! And then we moved here, but we didn't know each other in <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> we did uh, kind of. He's like, what? Hold on, you he knew you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can. I, I had um I had my eyes on her for a while in Brisbane. Um, <laughs> that's why I got out to Melbourne. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> like following me. Yeah. Um, I, like we had mutual friends in Brisbane. Um, we knew of each other. We didn't know each other basically, mm-hmm. but um, we both knew that we were moving to um, Melbourne at the same time because you know, like b- being out of high school, having like very like you know having friends very small. Yeah, like oh, friend groups that cross over a little bit. Um, yeah, you get to know people. So we knew that both of us were moving, and to begin with, we were just like moving. We wanted to. I mean, per, like I didn't, ha- I didn't know anyone here. Millie knew some people, but I was like, almost like, oh, can I like hang out with you? Because can I please, can I please be friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, literally that was our first date. Um, oh, not date. Actually, it was our first um, interaction. Yeah. Um, because I, we weren't, um, I wasn't actually, or neither of us were looking for a relationship. Um, I was really looking for a friendship because I didn't know anyone here. That's um, so sad. <laughs> the sweetest guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, old, how old are you guys? Sorry, that. Uh, we 17. were seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. So we came here, and um, yeah, I think like I don't know. I think like I basically showed Millie that I really like um, cared for her, and I think like through my actions, I showed that more than my words, um, and I think through that, you know. Things led on to us. No? 
I think the question was about the business. No, no, this is great. It's embarrassing. No, it's very sweet. Okay. Anyway, not, not to anyway. worry. Anyway, we moved in. We we moved in. We started dating. That, that's the yeah. end. And then we started doing the business together because um, we were both in uni. And I guess we just had a lot of time. Like we, were, we only had part-time jobs. Mm. And we had a lot of time outside of that. So we just like worked on something together. And, um, you know, we were both doing creative things. So it, I think it like was natural for us to do it together um and i think it just it just made sense i think sometimes you can't like put words to it it just makes sense what was the inspiration behind the brand um so before the brand was really a brand i i I started it when i was 16 in brisbane um i mean even earlier like when i was 15 because basically i was in a modern history class um (laughs) (laughs) as you are you know like basically like we've all been there (laughs) um you know like i think when i was younger i was um i was always like scribbling stuff in my books i mean sure you guys were like scribbling stuff in our books like not really listening to teachers and stuff but then i heard like this thing about purgatory and i was like what is purgatory um and so basically long story short it's it's it it goes across a lot of cultures, but the meaning of purgatory, I mean, outside of the brand, but we like to take some, um, some reference from it, uh, is it's a place between heaven and hell. So in the afterlife, you pass away, there's heaven, there's hell, and then there's purgatory in the middle. Um, purgatory is a place, generally speaking, people have like different interpretations, but is a place where you're not good enough to go to heaven, you go to purgatory, not bad enough to go to hell, you go to purgatory. But it's seen more negatively, I guess, like it's seen more of like a eternal purgatory, like you'll be there forever kind of thing. But I see it more as, and the way, the reason I thought it was really good as a brand name was it, um, it's a happy medium where like you have good and like mm. literally the most simple thing, like good and bad. Um, and, you know, playing off of that, there's lots of things you can like look into, like, um, I guess, and it gives a lot of inspiration from the brand and a lot of direction for the brand, you know? Yeah. Stop. Cool. So you had that idea from 15, you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and then, then so- So when did yeah. Millie come into the fold? Well, I think at that point, it wasn't really, it was an idea. That's what it was. I, I didn't make stuff overseas. Like I made um, a release of like shirts and hoodies um, when I was 16, 17. Um, but at that point, you know, like I had no money. Like what was, what was I going to do? I didn't like have like, like um, the, the financial or like the space to like be able to start up and run a proper brand. Um, and I mean, Millie can speak about how. How like I came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, it was already like he had already done like logo tees and stuff. And then when we started um, hanging out and then like getting to know each other, I was kind of like looking at his designs and I was like, oh, like, what about like these? Like, I can give you ideas, you know? Like, just like helping, like like, just putting like, if you know, if you're going to ask for ideas, like I'm going to give them. Mm. Um, But then I think he kind of like realized that, oh, because I also like came from like a creative background or I've also been interested in like that, um, like fashion and like graphics and stuff. So I think he just trusted me even though like purgatory was his baby he like trusted Mm. my like like opinions and like creative direction that i would be able to like um help evolve the brand Mm. i feel like some people they could be a bit like they don't want to let everyone in especially if you started it yourself and you're so young and Mm. they are more hesitant to let other people in but i think he just but i think touching on that not to be wishy-washy but i think i grew a lot through like Millie's direction and advice when I was younger. Like I was very stubborn. I like didn't take advice from really anyone. I didn't even trust my parents. Like, you know, like I, I'm like very set in my ways. And Millie was the first person to be able to like change, change me a bit and like um, let me grow as a person, make me become more of a man. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, awesome. I think because of that, um, I was naturally gonna take her advice in the business as well you know it's really hard yeah (laughs) yeah really hard because like i don't take anyone's advice advice. i I can but i do take advice now yeah for sure i can fully relate to that i I guess i i I would say like being an entrepreneur you need to be somewhat stubborn because everything's stacked against you Mm. you you're not going to not going down the conventional nine to five path Mm -hmm. you're following this route which very few take Mm. so it's like um, you almost need to be stubborn in a lot of instances yeah yeah you're right if you go too far that way then we can (laughs) end up at this place where it's like Mm. i can't listen to anyone (laughs) so i can't trust anyone like everyone wants like 
especially when you just everyone's out for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, especially when you just. But it is like that when you start. Honestly, like everyone mm-hmm. like is against you. Everyone's no one wants you, you to succeed. To yeah. no. And then so no. you have to be like, oh, I'm gonna do it. Like whatever you. Like, yeah, yeah. No matter what anyone says, I'm still gonna make my t-shirts. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna yeah. make my t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> especially in fashion, you know, we speak to a lot of brands, and I always tell them it's such a low barrier to entry. So like, we can mm-hmm. buy a white t-shirt put a design on it, slap a screen print and mm-hmm. you're now an official, you know, buy an ABN, do that in 24 hours and you have a clothing brand, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's so competitive. Yeah. And when you're in that landscape starting off, it is very sort of scary in a sense because you do feel that competition and yeah, yeah. you don't want to just be that another clothing brand that kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I think for, it was interesting. Like I think I, I definitely had a different experience starting the brand just because there is obviously a lot of clothing brands now but when I started, there was like no clothing brands. Like there was clothing brands in the sense that there's always been clothing brands. There always will be clothing brands. But at that, like it's become a very popularized thing to be like, oh, I want to start a clothing brand. I'm like a designer that is, it's like a Vogue thing now. Fact. When I started it, it wasn't cool. Like it was cool, but you were really weird if you wanted to do that. <laughs> I suppose you also didn't see it much. Like you didn't know about it if there, if yeah, there were you're brands. Right, yeah, Because now with social media, yeah. you get on your feed and it's yeah, yeah. full of d- different mm. brands. Yeah, even like before. the advice that people give, like the like you know the streetwear Reddit or what, what like startup Reddit or whatever. There was really none of that when I started. There was like I know there was like a fashion startups Reddit at that point, so I did look at that a little bit, but there wasn't really much um, places you go online to find information. Um, so I think even in that sense it was a, a lot more difficult as well back then to like really start something because you didn't have like the wealth of information that there is now uh, what, yeah. what year was that did we just say sort of like uh, 2015 to 16 yeah, yeah. 100% yeah I, I, you know you look at things like Hidden NY and those sort of like big blogs that are just taking off I mm-hmm. don't even know if you call it a blog mood blog whatever you call it but mm-hmm. you just people getting so inspired like mm-hmm. Hidden NY must start like 10 new clothing brands a day <laughs> these little kids must be like yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right yeah yeah I think with that um, it's good because it creates a lower barrier of entry for like people that want to start and it creates a easier pathway for people but in saying that it also creates a lot of competition and you can't just be uh, like a carbon copy of other brands you have to have something that's unique about you yeah facts yeah. I think people come in naive that it's like it's it's an easy thing to do because mm. there's so many people doing it but mm. in reality it's as you guys would know there's you know there's a lot of work that goes mm. behind the scenes and a lot of luck involved too probably yeah, that yeah. people don't see so yeah I'd love to go back so Millie came in kind of helping with the logos the designing side of things I'd love to hear how your roles have evolved Mm. from that point at the start there wasn't really any roles because mm. there was like no business <laughs> like we were just like Love that. yeah we'll just like, do everything together because we'll just pack like yeah like five orders together like mm. it's fine <laughs> and we like we weren't very busy as well but now it's more like harry does all the manufacturing so he mm. speaks to all the manufacturers like mm. on a daily basis and obviously that takes a lot of time because we're making so many products and the products we are making, like there's some that's been in production and we've been sampling for like over a year. Mm. Yep. So Crazy. he does all the tech packs and he does very good tech packs. Mm. Really very complex. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he does all the back end stuff and then I mostly do all the front end stuff. So okay. the creative direction, the, um, well, he does the photos. <laughs> he does photos, I, take the I do photos. the editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we, do all the, we do most shoots together. Sometimes we do it by Separately, ourselves. But- but it's definitely when we do them separately, we're in like we know what's going on. We're informed yeah, by the other person. We like, like agree that like this is a good yeah. idea. Like um, there was one that I did recently with a couple of my mates. Um, and they have um, they have Rottweilers. Rottweilers, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have so Rottweilers. So crazy. Um, and they live like out far out where they've got like a really cool block of land. So I took photos of that at like sunset. But it's like a bit of a mission for me to come as well. So. I just went out there, brought the models and um, yeah, that turned out really well. And then there's ones that Millie does with um, when I'm away that are also good, yeah. It's a really interesting point that you guys bring up because I think, you know, we have a lot of young clothing brands listening and when you start and you pack five orders, you can do it together and mm-hmm. you go to the shoots together and it's all very exciting. It's really serious. Yeah, it's not too serious and mm. you, you want to do everything together and learn. But as the business grows, it it becomes so important to distinguish roles. Mm, you're right. As you said, if you've got to shoot far away and you've got a lot of orders to pack, it's like you not, you need to split that time mm. up. Uh, I think that might have even been the reason, like to be honest. And I think time. the other thing is like when you start splitting off tasks, like you become like 
very good at them. Mm. Like I couldn't imagine doing like what Harry's doing because- I can not pack like, parcels. <laughs> no, like, that's like anyone can pack parcels. I mean like- I'll be very like, slow. It took me a day. But you couldn't like edit or anything. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't even know like, I feel like Harry doesn't even know like where we live. Like he's- <laughs> like, no, I mean, I'm the being serious. Time. Like yeah. he doesn't know our address and he doesn't know like how much how much our things are. Like he's like, he'll be asking me like, oh, like how much is that hoodie? Like he wants to buy one. I was like, like 160? <laughs> yeah, it's random price. But he just doesn't know like- because we're so like specialized in our, in our yeah. own like, roles, business. but it yeah. like comes together and we both yeah. do the designs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there is some overlap with different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's yeah. Design. I mean like in terms of the creative stuff, that's the most, that's the part where we overlap most because it's also the part where you need, um, another you need opinion. another opinion and you need to, you know, like I'm not just going to go ahead with the design and not tell Millie or like vice versa. And also we need the other person to be confident in the design that we're doing. Or like, I mean, there'll be times where I'll give Millie a design, well, not give her a design, but like tell her an idea that I have. And I know that she'll be able to execute it better than I will, but I'll give that to her. Or like there'll be times like vice versa where Millie may have the same idea. I'll give um, me like an assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> need assignments. Like I always want to like, um, have like something to do, but, um, yeah, I think that's where it where we cross over is in the creative part aspect of the business. And in saying that also that also kind of bleeds into both of our areas. Cause like with Millie's creative direction, obviously I'm doing the photos. With um with my manufacturing, I'm getting we're going back and forth. I'm getting opinions from Millie, like, what do you think of these colors? Like, do you think this pantone is better or this pantone? Or like what do you think is better about like which fabric is better or whatever it might be? So yeah. How important would you say trust is like between each other with those roles? Have you, just developing that trust is that sort of critical to knowing that you know the orders will be packed and you don't i suppose trust to make the right decisions as well yeah. like yeah well, i think it? we're both like um we our personality like naturally lends itself to that with even without trust because mm. like even if harry wasn't relying on me or if i wasn't relying on him like i know that if something needs to be done like he's like gonna give up other parts of his life like, <laughs> to do it. You know, like yeah, yeah, he yeah. just like, if something needs to be done, like a tech pack needs to be like finished. I'll just stay up like until I already three know like it. he um, is just gonna stay up until he, and I just like know because of his personality, like mm. I don't need to like trust him to do yeah. that. And same with me, like well, I guess if I need to like comes. edit like sure. yeah. flat lays or something, like I'm just gonna do them. Mm. Like I'm mm. not gonna, like he, I'm not gonna leave it some yeah. another day because like another day i'll have other things to do and i think as we've gotten older we've learned more to do that i guess like we've learned to be more pro i mean i think millie was actually always very proactive i would sometimes leave tasks like i put like i put it on a list but now i just get it done when i receive it i just like when i see something um even if i can't do it in those couple hours or in the morning i will do it that night and i'll make sure it's done i don't like muck around and do other things sure yeah and speaking about prioritizing time you also work at russell athletic yeah, yeah. um and I, you've been doing that I, i'm i'm in awe that you've juggled a brand <laughs> this big and that f- pretty much full time yeah yeah tell us a little bit about that um yeah so i've been there for about a year now um and i i'm hired as a graphic designer but i do like the menswear i do a lot of the creative direction in terms of the photo shoots casting the models um i'm kind of like in all parts of the brand, but obviously with a bigger brand, there's a brand manager. So with a brand manager, they probably have, like they have final call and they decide like how it's going and they have the end direction of the brand. But in saying that, he also trusts me with direction of designs or of more creative things because that's like where my skills are, I guess. Um, So with, with saying that, you know, like I'm involved with a lot of um, the different aspects of the brand, but it 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 does um it does definitely. I would recommend anyone if they're at the point in a brand where they can't actually go full time or they the money is you know valuable for them. I think it would be good to to learn from a bigger brand or not just a bigger brand, but like a it doesn't have to be clothing, just a bigger brand because you get to learn like the workings of the the inside of those brands, you know, like uh, things with um, like, like even just things with like the deadlines of those brands, you know, we're making now it's, you know, the end of 2023, we're making stuff for like winter, oh, I'm sorry, not end, beginning of 2023, we're making stuff for mid 2024 yeah. and like that's the sample processes and like that's the deadlines they have um and they have to stick to it pretty closely like they have to stick within months to be able to achieve things um i mean the other interesting thing i've noticed being there is that 
being a bigger brand, you know, it's from like the night, like the beginning of the 1900s, 1905, 1902, something like that. <laughs> um, but it's been around for a long time, you know. So um, with a big brand, they the, the difference between a big brand and starting out new is that starting out new, you have um, the ability to direct your brand in the direction you want to, put the prices you want to, put the designs you want to, and make changes, even drastic changes quite easily. With a big brand, you can't make those changes because they have the heritage, they have the logos, they have all of like their, their sportswear brand. You can't change it too, like go too far off the mark. Um, and, in, and also in saying that, they also have to appease their current customers. So in Australia, you know, they've got Revel, Maya, you know, David Jones, whatever they, whatever the uh, stockists are, they have to appease those people before they make the cool designs or before they make things that elevate the brand. So it takes it's a much longer process to elevate the brand and get um, acceptance of like, oh, like Russell can price something at one hundred and fifty dollars, I'll buy that. Whereas Russell can sell a t shirt at fifty dollars. Like they'll definitely like you can definitely buy that, but. You know, that transition is a lot bigger with a bigger brand. Yeah. And what have you learned from Russell that you've taken into purgatory? <laughs> I don't know if it's too much, to be honest. Um, I think the best- it's so different. The best thing is that it evolves. informs me with what we already know. So cool. we already know a lot with um, purgatory in terms of like, I understand the manufacturing, really understands other aspects of the business. Um, and I think the best part about Russell is that it informs me in knowing that we're doing making the right decision or we're in the right path, I guess, because, you know, I think sometimes even like say with my technical backs, I don't deal with the technical backs at Russell, but understanding like the way that they give their measurements, the way that they, you know, you get P, like PPs and you get samples in and you get like, um, they get the fabrics and what, whatever they get in. Um, it gives me, um, it informs me more in terms of what we're doing. So like, say for example, I mean, like there are certain things like, I know a lot of people, use pantones religiously i don't use them religiously because i know that manufacturers aren't going to be able to necessarily achieve an exact pantone but you know like little little things where they're a little bit more accurate in their details can definitely help in the long run um and i feel I, like um yeah. like you probably you guys probably know this as well and it's like good that you have this like podcast but for small businesses when you're like starting out like there's no like um, formula to it mm. so like you're doing things you're like doing things every day but you don't know like if what you're doing is actually like um leading to anywhere like mm. and you look at like other like brands or other like um i don't know like business businesses and you can't you can't see what they're doing or like they're not very like no one's like transparent because they're like selling products they're not transparent about like the tasks that they're doing mm. so i guess like working in russell it's like you can see mm. the behind the scenes yeah, of yeah, like yeah. the workings of a uh, big brand and then like he's like oh like we're actually doing like i guess the, doing one the right thing, things the one thing i would say that hasn't informed me currently but will inform me in the future is wholesaling because them being a wholesale business providing products to retailers um i've learned like a great deal in terms of how those relationships work you know like smus like special makeups for those like retailers you know like say for example with purgatory in the future if someone wants a hoodie but they want it in a different color i understand like how that works and why that would be a necessity for some retailers and why some retailers would prefer that over your current stock and those types of things like i can i guess wholesaling is probably one of the best things i've learned in in the business and how that works yeah let's mm. pick your brain a bit on that uh, harry yeah <laughs> <laughs> off air maybe <laughs> um do you guys find it easy to, to switch off? Like from, you obviously have a very tight personal relationship and a business relationship. How do you go separating the two of those? I don't know if we like separate it, but like definitely we get like, oh, maybe I, ha not Harry doesn't really get sick of talking about it. <laughs> Harry will always be asking, like once he'll come home, he'll be like, Oh, like, can you have a look at this like hoodie? Like, can you, how how much how bigger do you how much bigger do you think we should make the arms? Like, I was like, oh, like I'm literally like cooking right now. Can you like just give me like a second? Like the oven is on. Oh, um, I love that. Just like stuff. Um, I feel like I'm just we're just honest mm. about what we need, and if we need space, mm. like I'll just tell him. I think I don't really need space. <laughs> he doesn't really um, need space. But I think also, um, you know. We do have make an effort to like do things outside of the business yeah. that is like just for us. And that's why like- but I think naturally our personalities, we don't switch off. <laughs> like, or maybe I don't, like Millie does. 
sometimes. But I no, think you always do, switch you're always off. Going to I guess, but like. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like. We're just gonna go out with our friends. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then we, we never want to like. About it. Yeah, we, yeah. I guess I. I think also we've come to a point in our relationship where we understand each other and we understand our, our needs. Like I feel like you know when we first started dating, it would be difficult for me to understand Millie's boundaries, but now we know each other so well, and Millie even knows my boundaries. Like if I like, I'm just like dejected and like don't want to talk. Like she knows that like. You know, like I probably shouldn't be working. I should just sleep, <laughs> and yeah. that's most part. Mostly, all I need is sleep. But yeah. <laughs> sleep, <laughs> and food. sleep and food. Sleep yeah. food. Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. Jack and I had a big little gag as you were talking because I'm I'm you Harry. I, I I come home and I'm like Jack's you know halfway through cooking or on yeah. the phone with his girlfriend. I'm like showing him something. Like it can wait. Yeah. It can wait. Yeah. He's like give it thirty seconds. I'm like no fuck time. Like let's go now. So yeah, usually yeah, it's yeah. like it's stuff like for like line. two years ahead as yeah. well. I'm yeah. like yeah. Jack, yeah. this is really important right now. Like yeah, 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 can we yeah. talk about this two years. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Facts. Like a business idea yeah, in like 2026 yeah. that we need yeah, to get yeah. now. Damn, I can relate. Has there ever been? like a time where it's put a big strain on your personal relationship or has it been like a big challenge you guys? No. no. I think I it's think always we, something yeah. that like, it makes us like closer. Like, yeah, it's always made us closer. Yeah. yeah. Because like any, if we have any problems in the business, we always like do it together. I think, I think and that strengthens the like, relationship. You can't yeah. like blame one another for like, mm. if there is a problem because it's like out of our control. Mm. I'd love to hear more about that makeup that you guys have, it's so special because, you know, to build the brand you have, to have this beautiful relationship, I think it's just, I've never really spoke to mm. any individuals doing it. So is there anything that you would attribute to that sort of flowing relationship? That, I mean, you said uh, honesty was a key word before. I think that would probably be one of them. Communication, I guess. Yeah, communication. Yeah, it's a big one. I think I was really bad at communicating when we first started dating. Like I was, when I was at home with my parents and stuff, the, my, my way of dealing with things was to like switch off. Like I would just like switch off that part of my brain. Like they might be saying something to me, but I just like, it's not going in. It's like, I just like, I would always put mental blocks towards things. Um, and as we've grown in our relationship, I've been very like, o like more open to like talking. And at this point, like there's nothing, like there's nothing we cannot talk about, but it, it took me time to grow and like be able to, um, you know, like, be open to crit even just be open Taking to criticism. Criticism, was, criticism was the biggest thing, and that that yeah. means now I don't care. Like criticism was the hugest thing for me. I think, I think because in the beginning, um, mm. when we were like just started doing it, um, he wouldn't be. Like you wouldn't be very good at taking criticism, mm. especially because it was like your idea that you started. Like it was your mm, mm. like baby. Like whenever I came in and I was like, oh, maybe you should like. I don't think this is good. Like, mm. um, may I don't think like we can do this idea. Um, it would be harder for him to handle. Mm, mm, but now, definitely. like, I'm only, we only say those now, things. Now, it's uh, not because we're, like, trying to, like, offend each yeah, other. Yeah. Like, sometimes the design is shit. And, yeah, like, and now it, also I look you, like... You just have I, to look at it and I just I present agree. a design assuming it's not going to work. <laughs> and yeah. then, like, hoping for the best. <laughs> please, please be approved. I love that. But so you just can't be, like, offended by that stuff. Like, yeah, if, like yeah, it's yeah. not personal. It's just, like... Yeah, it's not, no. We obviously, like, want to build this business together and we want it to be successful so and like criticism mm. is like good it's like, just a it's huge thing about ego i just yeah. had the biggest yeah. ego yeah, before think, yeah. i came in with like a door. huge head like when i was young i had the biggest head yeah. um <laughs> just being a teenager and stuff yeah. um and like now i think i i'm a lot more humbled but i'm just also i think the biggest thing and like the thing that even adults don't um like tend to do is you have to be able to change your opinion at any point of time and be okay with changing it. You and you know? have to be okay with like learning from everyone. Yeah, so you have to like- even Because everyone will like well. know- If like, anything, younger everyone people- Everyone can teach you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Facts. yeah, yeah. Facts. And it, you guys have been on this amazing personal journey together and there's some books scattered around here. Um, is, is reading something that's sort of enlightened you? I don't read. You don't read? <laughs> <laughs> Just for read. show? Yeah. Just for show. <laughs> no, I read. Yeah, you read. Okay. I read, but I think I want to have more- I definitely want to um, get back into it because I used to read like heaps when I was younger. But since now I find it hard to focus, especially with like purgatory, I'm always thinking like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do that. And then I, I just like, my brain will just be scattered. Now our reading is podcasts. Yeah. Which is the like, benefit of this, podcasts, honestly. Yeah. yeah. That is the new reading. Yeah, honestly, yeah. because we're always working, we're always doing things, even if we're designing, you know, it's good to have a podcast in the background because you're learning things as, you, you're multitasking essentially. It's difficult to multitask while you're reading, you know. 
just to fiddle your thumbs or something. Something I'm so fascinated about, you know, I, I can relate so much to you, the, the ego part. I think for me, I've been on this journey where, you know, when business is great, I'm flying, I'm so mm. happy. And then when there's those down days where like, you know, samples are crap or mm. you flop on something you thought was going to be amazing on like a sale or a big customer complaint or mm. something. And I, I seem to get so down. Mm. How do you guys, you guys seem like you do a great job of just staying nice and leveled. How do you, how do you stay so calm when you know the storms come? I don't think we go into anything with any idea or like or expectation. any expectation of what's going to what's going to happen. If it goes good, it goes good. If it goes bad, it goes bad. But we are confident in the products and that's what like matters. And everything we do, even if it's like goes bad, like we know it's going to inform like the business in the future. Like it's going to mm-hmm. it's only going to make us like a better because obviously we're still learning as well. Mm-hmm. Like even the bad thing, if we have problems and stuff like that just makes the next thing our better. future easier mm. like we're going to be able to deal with it mm. easier in the future and if a product goes bad like it doesn't essentially mean that the product's product. bad it just means that it Is may not be accepted yeah. right now um, like with the with the reaper sweater when we um released it um so this is a sweater we released uh like a year two years ago i think it's a year, year and, and a half, half something like that but um Initially, it sold reasonably, but it didn't sell out or anything. This is that white one with the blue? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And that, that it's, cool, it's yeah. even been copied at this point. Like um, a Chinese brand uh, like made, a, fakes. A, made a fake of it. That's when you know you've made it. We're really proud of that. That's when you know you've made it just quietly. That's facts. But yeah, so we released that to begin with, and it didn't get as much, you know, it didn't do as well as it did eventually. And then how many restocks did we do? Maybe three restocks, yeah, two. two restocks. But um, we restocked it a couple of times and then, um, you know, it ended up doing really well. I don't know. Wait, wait where were we going? No, no, that's, that's exactly oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, because it wasn't accepted <coughs> at first. Yeah, yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the right. Once the first yeah. initial batch of people received it, I guess, like mm. then people started, like it's Accepting more social quality. like acceptance. Mm. Mm. Even something I'm sure you guys know with like, especially you with like push-pull, like once you like, once people know you for like your hoodies, it's like a no brainer. Like I, n- I know they make good hoodies, but if you guys started doing like, I don't know, like bikinis, they'd be like, oh, like, I don't know. Like why is Pushman making bikinis? Like I don't really trust their like bikini expertise. But if mm. you kept doing it and people like Mm-mm. started knowing, like associating you with another product, then it becomes like, oh, no brainer. Like mm. if they, they see it enough, some, they'll yeah, start exactly. to believe yeah. it too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Such a key message for, for the listener that you just, it's almost like you, carve that path out and it mm. doesn't feel like that it's mm. you know you, you just want that love shown straight away when you, do you can't something. like yeah, just yeah. expect people to like accept it when it's like they haven't seen it from you before <clears throat> well 100%. Like well how said. can they trust that you are gonna like they're gonna like get something that's it's good quality good quality for their money and i think that's also where we're transitioning with the brand to to make a much bigger point of our quality even if that like makes it more expensive, whatever it might be. We want to make a point of our quality because that's that's a big um, point of difference, but not just a point of difference. It's also something where we will get repeat customers because they trust our quality. And by them trusting their quality, maybe their friends trust our quality. We get more, like Amelia was saying, we get more social acceptance and more like like that, that um you know, the ability to buy, like they're happy to buy, yeah. It- this brand seems like a bit of a unicorn, guys, because the quality we're wearing a knit and that you guys showing us some hoodies and hats. This mm. is I always look at it online and I see the details, and then I see the price tag. It's so affordable. Mm. How do you guys go about providing such a high quality? And I mean that this is like mm, mm. extremely high quality, but it's so affordable. Like, how do you go with that uh, balance? I think well, even at the start, we were shipping everything by air. So that made it like we were barely making any money. But then we were looking at something and we we're like, oh, how much would we buy this for? And we we're pretty like cheap. So we <laughs> yeah, were like, really mm, cheap. like 100, <laughs> like not even. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not like consumers. We're not really consumers. We consume something. Yeah, like we consume, consume Crocs. Yeah, he, he buys a lot of Crocs. <laughs> um, but I think we just wanted to put it at a price tag where it wasn't like this is – the quality you should be like you should be deserving like you don't have to pay like hundreds of mm-hmm. dollars for something for it to be good quality um once we start selling at a scale the scale that we want to be selling at like it does become like viable yeah not even profitable mm, yeah. like, we have to put a lot back into the brand yeah, yeah. um in terms of marketing and um even like 
accounting and mm, like mm, the course. boring stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose at those higher quantities, you can mm. start shipping by sea. Yeah, we've yeah, yeah, helps, yeah, helps by a lot. Sea. As, yeah, yeah. yeah. Depends on the items, sea. obviously. <clears throat> like bikinis, we won't ship by sea, we ship those by air, but like heavier items, we ship yeah, by heavier sea. items because some of the um, But yeah, and touching on that also, like the the specialization of manufacturers really like um it really helps with that so like you know we may have i don't know if there's particular examples like we've gone through a lot of um t-shirt and like fleece um, manufacturers um and as you specialize those and as you build relationships with those those factories are going to do you favors like they're not the price that they give you to begin with is not going to be the best price they give you. But as you develop relationships with them and as they understand you and as they understand that you're going to give them more business, they will give you lower prices and then they will um, accept you as more of a loyal customer. They'll start sending you gifts. They'll start sending you gifts on Chinese New Year. They'll start sending you gifts on Christmas, you know. We like, actually have a couple coming, I think, Jesse. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah, yeah, we have some Christmas gifts <laughs> yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, oh, I have a I birthday gift coming. Oh, do you? Oh, I have manufacturers wow. sending me some hats. <laughs> oh, incredible, man. There's, yeah, layers, yeah, yeah. there's layers to it. Like. Yeah, yeah. And even if you said like it's like affordable like i don't really think it's an affordable like triple digits to me like if i'm spending that on like a garment it's like i want it to be like good like yeah, that's yeah. like hard earned money you know what i mean yeah. especially like if you're selling to like kids or like younger people they have like probably like a minimum wage for that like you want them to feel like like special that they got something that they yeah. like deserve 100 percent. i think what's so impressive about what you guys have done is just how extensive your product range is. That's something me and Jesse have looked at, you know, whether it's on your socials or your website and you're like, mm. far out. Like, they have so many <laughs> products and we know how much work that takes. Like yeah, it's yeah. not as simple as just finding that other manufacturer that does mm. hats now and bang, mm. we've got hats. Like yeah, one manufacturer is not going to do all of that. No, no, no. Where did you guys start with your product? What, what were the first few products you brought in? Um... Well, going back to the very beginning, I did t-shirts and hats. hats and hoodies. Like we like went- Everyone start with Yeah, yeah everyone yeah. started, started like, with blanks us. as well. Like yeah, yeah, blanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gildan. I did some in America. I did some in Australia at that time. Um, and then as we grew, we moved to like countries like Pakistan, China, um, countries that had bigger um, capabilities for manufacturing. And you'll find like, um, I think I think it's definitely the opinion of we China. We tried has, um, Australia as well. We tried Australia, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just expensive. Like, expensive. <laughs> Not just expensive, um, lazy. Yeah. To be honest, like yeah, yeah. I, I had to like, say it. Everyone's just like, they don't, they don't reply to you on weekends. Yeah, they like, they <laughs> just like, not, like, I mean, we're working hard. You should be working hard too. <laughs> no, but it's like a small brand. Like yeah, your business yeah. isn't really like valuable as, as at, that, at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true, yeah. Um, but as we started moving overseas and stuff, I think there is, there was, and there still is a little bit of a stigma about China being low quality, being like, you know, different things like, like I don't know, like people saying like child labor, like, slavery. like you know, slavery, those types of things. But that is not specific to the country. It's specific to certain factories and certain manufacturers within the country. 100%. So the best thing or my best advice for brands wanting to, you know, find manufacturers is start off with the pool of manufacturers. If you want to make fleece or you want to make like, um, you know, hoodies or you want to make t-shirts or whatever it is, start, literally start with like 20 manufacturers. So go on, you, you know, go online, look where you look like, whether it's Alibaba or whether it's, um, you know, wh whatever website you're looking through there, there's plenty of them. I mean, there's also a website uh, called Import Yeti. So Import Yeti tracks all of the uh, packages sent to America and you can see where brands have made, I mean, there's so much stuff on TikTok going on about now. It really annoys me, to be honest, because the people talking about, oh, like, you know, Nike makes their shoes at this factory in Guangzhou or whatever. It's just, it, it kind of pisses me off, to be honest, because it's not that simple. They make it seem so simple. It is not that simple. They can just go contact the factory and they'll make there's, you shoes. There is a huge barrier to entry. They will not make you 10 tees. They will not make you 100 tees. They will not make you 1,000 tees. They may, may consider you at 10,000 tees. Um, so I wouldn't suggest taking advice from those TikToks. But um, yeah, Import Yeti, you can find uh, where certain brands have uh, made things that are getting it imported into America. Um, but yeah, start off with a pool of say 20 brands. Oh, sorry, not 20 brands, 20 manufacturers. Um, and when you're starting that broad, it gives you a lot of room to refine and refine and refine. So I'd go to those 20 manufacturers, send them all a tech pack, you know, learn how to make a tech pack, look online, look at what other people are doing. Um, send them all a tech pack, ask for a quote for however many you're looking for. Even if you're looking for like 30 T's, how much is 30 T's? Could you please give me a quote with C or air shipping or whatever it might be? 
um, send that to all of them. Then my, my like, my list of things that I look for in those manufacturers is reply time. That's one of the most important. That's probably the highest I put. Uh, price is probably second. Then I look at um, their demeanor. I guess how they're, how they're speaking with you. Sometimes you get in a factory and they'll just like, all caps like, like yes, no, like, you know, this and that, they'll take it. Like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. um, sure. And then, um, and then obviously when you're sampling, the quality is really important and like their, their capabilities. So when you're, when you're messaging them, maybe ask, can you like send me like, you know, like, I mean, I usually say, can you send me as many photos as you can of like stuff you've already made? Like I'll ask hoodies, I'll ask jackets, I'll ask whatever they're making. I'll, I'll ask them however much they can. That also informs you of like, you can get sneaky details into like what other brands have they made for. Um, but doing all of that can inform you a lot. And then you go from 20 to 10 to five. Then you based on all those factors, you go to one or two, maybe get samples or two of them and you get, you will basically get the best manufacturer if you use that method. Have you had any horror stories? No, not really. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> actually, yes, actually, yeah. At the beginning, we wait, did. Wait, tell them about your. Wait, do we have time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, keep going. Um, you can cut this part down if you like. <laughs> no, edit no. it. The salmon. Salmon. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, <laughs> um, we so we hadn't at this point in the brand it was probably uh 2018, 2019. We'd already had one manufacturer in Pakistan. Uh, we we worked with him for actually quite a long time, but we just weren't very happy with, in the end, we just weren't very happy with his uh, quality assurance essentially. Um, but at that time, because I didn't have any money, you know, I was just putting in like whatever I was getting from whatever job, I think I was working at like Pandora on Berkshire at that point. Um, I was just putting that money back into like buying shirts and buying like um, jumpers and whatever else. Um, and I was really scrounging and saving and wanting the best deal and whatever it was. But that went right to my detriment because um, I found this, uh, another manufacturer in Pakistan and he was offering much more competitive prices. Um, problem was, was nothing he made was what I wanted. <laughs> like I asked for cotton shirts. He came with this weird like tie. <laughs> they look like rashies. It was like swim, like rashy material. Yeah, rashy material. <laughs> like like yeah. the necks, the necks, like you couldn't get them over your head. They were so skinny. Oh, no. They were so skinny. Like he didn't use any of the sizing I gave him. It was shapewear. Um, I asked him for like um custom neck labels. He didn't give custom neck labels. I think and like- And he wouldn't even ship okay, us a okay, parcel. Okay, okay, no, this is the Got worst part of it. Yeah. I, was, I was sending him the most- angry messages for the longest time. It was like a couple months because he, um, he chipped the package, right? And I was like, where is the package? Like he didn't give me any tracking number or anything. Um, and I was waiting, waiting, waiting and he wouldn't reply to me. And eventually I got in contact with him and he was like, oh, sorry, the package didn't send because I shipped it with a box knife. cutter in it. Like I left a knife in the package. And they, oh didn't, and they wouldn't ship it. <laughs> that is, nah, that takes the cake of crazy yeah, yeah. stories. And then, and then, um, and then, so I was also working with this other manufacturer at the time in Pakistan um, and I managed, Oh, it was so much. I managed to get him to go to that guy's factory, get the package from him because he was refusing to send it at that yeah, point. Yeah, because he was like, I already like sent it once. I already paid for it. I'm not going to send it again. It's like, that's not my fault. But anyway, so I got the other manufacturer to go to his place and like they low-key had like a scruffle. Walks, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're going to take it from here, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, and then I just <laughs> paid my other factory to like send like he, all he asked for was the shipping cost which was just so nice of him. Um, and then he shipped it to me. Wow. And then we got them and they were rashies and I couldn't sell them. Oh, yeah, we just gave them free. <laughs> yeah, we, we just like gave them out. So yeah, at that point, um, that was definitely a horror story. Yeah. So you started with hoodies, tees and hats. Yeah. Now yep. you've branched out into things like knits, bikinis, skirts. Mm. There's, there's nothing you haven't really done. <laughs> how do you go? How do you go about bringing in a comprehensive range like that without blurring messages and keeping the vision of the brand super tight? I think um, I think Millie can touch on it too, but it's just because what we make and as we're growing as a brand, it's becoming more so and also our manufacturing capabilities, what we're making is what we would like like to wear. So in, in, in doing that, like, you know, like I like cargo pants, I like more military style stuff. I like more um, functional stuff. I like functional and like, um, you know, stuff that will like last a long time. So that's where I come in. And Millie, you know, she is like a great understanding of women's wear and like her aesthetic and that kind of thing. So I think that's where it becomes cohesive because we're only making things that like, as the brand's growing, that we would like to wear. 
that's only possible when you have like the manufacturing mm. capabilities mm. to make like what you would actually yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. And that's only been in the last year because like yeah. prior to then we were making hoodies, we were making t-shirts, we were making some caps, but it was not um, as refined and the capabilities were not as much because we hadn't found the right factories yet. You know, like even those we have probably about 10 plus factories now, I have culled, like I have gone through, we've probably gone through another 10 that we've just dumped because the quality wasn't good. So just in diving into that, so as creators, we all want to do a million, you know, different products. Mm, you know, we, mm, we all have these ideas. And Jack and I speak to a lot of these young brands that want to dive in with like a full collection to mm. begin. What's your advice, you know, if you're starting from day one and you have a little bit of like money behind you, how are you starting? Like if we were to start a business again. Yeah. I think we wouldn't go the collection route just because like we would want it to be established from the beginning, like our identity. I think when we did start it, we didn't, we weren't even sure of our identity, mm, even not. as like people, like mm. we weren't <laughs> sure of like we were, like what our style was. We were mm. just like being influenced by like all like the <laughs> influences and like all the noise <laughs> in like social media right now. Yeah, yeah. If we were to start again, we'd probably like um, have a very specific mood or aesthetic mm. that we would like build from. And then like, so people would initially know what the brand was. And that's not to say that when you're starting, you have to have a collection, but- I think the best idea, yeah. the best like opinion that we both agree on is like, even though we didn't start it with like a very specific idea in mind and we kind of grew from that, the best thing we did was just to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's my best advice, just start. Um, I think so many people get so like scared, whether it's a brand, whether it's a coffee shop, whatever it might be, um, it's so difficult for people to start because- of the fear that it won't work out. And my best advice would be like, look- Or the at this fear point, that it would be like imperfect from yeah. the beginning. So at this point, like if we were to stop purgatory, just call it quits, like we don't do anything more, we don't make anything more. We have gained so much knowledge, so much understanding of all the facets of like, of what this building this brand has been. So like in terms of the manufacturing, in terms of the marketing, in terms of the designing, in terms of everything, that we would be so much more informed starting a new brand, that that brand, is most likely going to succeed. But to start, you're going to make lots of um, like, pro there's going to be lots of problems. You're going to make lots of bad decisions, but making those dis bad decisions will only inform you to make good decisions in the future. Well said, well said. 100%. You guys have had a lot of celebrities wear your stuff. Um, <laughs> so you got the influences I'd love to, Yeah, back to the influences. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know... One, in terms of maybe socials, how you guys or how you guys got those people in mm, sure. purgatory mm. products and maybe, yeah, let's just start with that. I think a lot of the times when people do have celebrities in their clothing, it seems a lot more crazier and a lot more like a much bigger achievement like than it actually is. really planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's a celebrity's choice what they wear. It's no. like the stylist. The so stylist. sometimes the stylist will just like choose some- Will like contact us something. and they'll put them in a yeah, garment. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think also... Um, it's not like they're like looking at a website being like, I want that. I mean, the <laughs> other thing is as well, <laughs> a lot of our <laughs> celebrity placements are with the styling agency. Mm. So, um, I mean, you can't necessarily contact styling agencies, but sometimes they will come to you. Um, and the styling agency is basically an agency that holds on to a certain catalog of clothing. Um, depending on the what the agency is, you may pay a monthly fee or... And that fee can be large or small, whatever it might be. But the agency makes most of their money off of the stylists uh, paying them to like do last minute pulls to do these different things. So they'll have a catalog or like a showroom of clothing. Um, they'll be based, you know, like, I mean, a lot of them are based in America. Some may be based in Europe, wherever it might be. Um, and stylists can go to those agencies and pull whatever products are in their catalog. So we are with the styling agency now. And that's also part of the reason why we do get a lot of celebrity, place, celebrity placements. Um, outside of that, like I do, when, they come to Australia, when artists are in Australia, <laughs> I will, yeah, I'll do a little stalk and I'll like try to figure out like who their managers are or whatever it might be. And get clothing on them that way. Um, but that, it's not- A lot of celebrities come to Australia And also it's anyway. not, that stuff is not guaranteed. Like yeah. you can, yeah. and, and we don't expect anything from them. Um, we will give them like packages and stuff and stuff, but we do not expect them to wear it. It's just the hope and the possibility. And that's all you can hope for. I was gonna say, has it necessarily translated to more sales? I'd say like in terms of sales. I think it translates to more trust. Yeah. Okay. It's like the long, like in the long run, people trust the brand and 
we're like, oh, like, you know, so-and-so wore, wore this, like. Like it, like, it yeah. informs it outside of Australia. Yeah. Like so it's not direct sales. Yeah. yeah. I think it's not direct sales because a lot of the times when we do like gift these items or when celebrities do like wear them, like the items like sold out anyway. So it's like <laughs> not like we can measure like yeah, the sales yeah. of like the immediate reaction from it. Mm. I think over, t- over time it um, compiles and then yeah, it just yeah. creates like, oh, like they're a trustworthy brand because like they actually make yeah real clothes (laughs) i think um you spoke about luck before Mm. luck i don't think luck is just a lot of preparation and a lot of planning that ends up in being lucky like being lucky is just planned essentially in my eyes the more you work the more you do the the more you're ready for opportunity preparation um (laughs) (laughs) let's do it (laughs) yeah yeah so i think luck is just a um product of your opportunities and taking them yeah 100 percent just quickly, I couldn't agree more. And I think back for our listeners, you know, so many young brands come to us and like, if we just get Jack Harlow in our hoodie, <laughs> everything will sort itself out. <laughs> I've, I've literally had those, so. I've, I've really? had those phone calls. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I promise you, you know, it's good to strive for those things. But, you know, it's, it, as you said, it's the million other things you've done right. Mm-hmm. And it's the trust you build from something like that. Mm. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We have a real world example right here and it's, yeah, it's yeah. not the case. Yeah. Do you have a best-selling product or biggest drop maybe that's like worth noting over the years? Our biggest drop or like our best-selling drops are always like hoodies. Mm. I think that's pretty much because everyone can buy them Mm. and like everyone knows what a hoodie fits like. Um, Our best-selling design like is probably like this quilted um, hoodie just because it's very versatile and we've restocked it heaps of times as well. Um, I think it like works in like what international like it, it's become it's not a staple just, of our yeah, brand. Yeah, it's not you just know? like yeah. um, and it's not too like branded. It's it's yeah. kind of seasonless. And it's, it's um, not really like yeah, the branding of it is subtle. Like trends. no one's yeah, gonna yeah. be like put off by like the quilting on yeah, it. Yeah, that would probably be. What's your audience split like? Um, mostly women. Mm. Yeah, maybe. 70% women, 30% men. Mm. It's definitely changed over the years. Yeah, though. I think men. because of how our styles transitioned, um, you know, it may, like, I think for a reasonable amount of time, it was like probably 50 50. But as we've delved into more, um, uh, like, I guess, uh, women specific designs, you know, like stuff to do with bikini skirts, um, a lot of the baby tees and stuff, it becomes like the split has like slowly shifted. Um, not that's not to say like we have a lot of um, male customers, but, but all, men's designs anyway are like unisex, so yeah, it's not like there's yeah, exactly. any men specific, yeah, um, items. We're not just yeah. trying to do like, women's yeah, exactly, wear. yeah. I think you know, there's a stat. I believe it's women buy four times the amount online than men do. Mm, and sure. I, I think I, mean, having, I believe that. Yeah, it's yeah. sure. <laughs> Go think about your five best male friends. They've yeah, probably yeah. never bought anything online, but definitely <laughs> not. Even me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So I think tailoring a brand to have some, you know, definitely gender specific or even female based products is mm. a massive key, really. Mm-mm. Yeah, definitely. Did you see when you guys kind of went more towards the female market? Did that translate in? No, more revenues and kind of a different landscape for the brand? I think we were already noticing it within when we were just making unisex stuff mm. that it was mostly women buying it anyway. Yeah. We'd always have to like, we always have to make more smaller sizes. Yeah, yeah. Than extra larges. Mm. So we naturally, we always wanted to transition to do more like gender specific mm. styles. But I think it just like validated that for us yeah and i think our style lends to more of a gender neutral like it's not there's not specifically menswear it's not specifically women's wear and because our style is gender neutral i think like you said because um you know more of the market is women and they buy more um it's easier for them to to accept it you know yeah absolutely and what what does like a a solid month of revenue look like for purgatory we're trying to be more consistent going forward but so on the months that we do drop something which is we try to drop a few things every month mm. we'll probably make maybe like 50 to 60k cool yeah that's, that's amazing yeah. especially with you guys juggling the jobs that you do outside I, I think from personal experience when you do dive in you know 50 hours a week mm. it just you just get all these free hours and you're like oh my god I can mm-hmm. 
do the things I was never able to do. Yeah, okay. definitely. But I'm still blown because I think you guys have been doing all those things and you know, speaking to you off air, you know, you're <laughs> up at three, in the, staying up till three in the morning <laughs> to get things done. So mm. maybe you won't see such a drastic shift, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you definitely will see we something. We'll still stay up. Yeah, we'll still stay <laughs> up. You just get a proper night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, anyway, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. And then in terms about your, like your financials, what are your main overheads, obviously, other than the product and all that side of things, but you guys have a retail space as well? Um, the retail space we're not paying for okay. because um, our friend Ricky, we mm. we met him. Shout out to Ricky. Shout, Shout out to Ricky. <laughs> um, we met him, was it like a year ago? A year, a year and a half probably. A bit ago at like his pop-up. He did like a pop-up in Melbourne Central for his um, business called Top Floor Gallery. And we hadn't met him because he was like looking for a birthday gift for me <laughs> in like his store. And then they started talking <laughs> and then he like had – some other other like local brands stocked like in a little shelf and so we were like um oh we have a book at brand as well and then he was like oh do you guys want to have a little space and then our stuff did pretty well there so when he got this space new when he got this new lease in Collingwood he's just like one guy as well like running this like um pretty like big big business business. like he's got employees now but that's only been in the last like few months Mm. um we he kind of he contacted us and we were like oh like it's like a massive space do you guys want to work together and like build this up into something and then we're like yeah definitely Mm. i mean rent is not too big of an expense there so i don't think he was like that worried about it Mm. it was more like what we could bring and like our time as well in like helping helping him yeah like i um, designed his logos um, and all of his branding and stuff Mm -hmm. um and yeah, and then we helped him out a lot. Like we helped like make the space. We helped him with the furniture. We helped him, you know, with lots of We're different like things. So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it was definitely a mutual relationship. Yeah. And, and we both, uh, like both we, parties understood it yeah. as that. Like so we, we would help like, each other. It wasn't other. really like financial. It was more like, oh, we're both small businesses. Like if we work together, we can like grow like exponentially. Yeah, grow yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Awesome. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Because like I think so many people think, you know, it's all dollars and cents. But if you're a great designer, then- and he's you know hasn't have any background in that. Mm. It's yeah. like, hey, don't spend two k to make logos elsewhere. Like, I'll mm. do them for free. And yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like, cool. Don't worry about you know, six months rent. Like, mm. That's yeah. all. It's, I love yeah, that. Yeah. Everyone wins. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, where are we headed, guys? Twenty twenty three. Talk to me. Well, starts with a party tonight. Yes. Um, I think I think definitely our plan for the coming year is to transition into more stockists. So oh, I thought you were going to say we're going to do like full-time. We're oh, full-time as well. That's second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Full-time. We want to try to do more stockists and sell more overseas because mm. I think we think there's like a massive market like in Europe, America, mm, um, UK. And I think our, our style really lends itself to like um, international audience. I think also with our following and with our style and everything now there's um a lower barrier to entry to get into that market but before it may have been more difficult for us without having more trust in the brand before yeah. like the main selling point for a small business is like oh like supporting local like, yeah 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 like, exactly you know, you yeah. know what i mean like oh yeah. i like, support melbourne yeah, yeah but now i think we've like got enough experience that we're like confident to go overseas and mm. have people pay like 40 dollars for shipping and still like see value in the product mm. yeah precisely nice. I like what you said there as well. There's a bit of a journey to a brand that you almost need to grow with your brand. So you trust it mm. and you exactly like you, you're happy to send something overseas at like maybe a bit more of a premium or you're happy to stock it and like know where it should be stocked. I think a lot of brands want to grow in six months and make you know, 50, 60 K revenue. Mm. That's the goal, but it's almost funnily enough. You don't actually want that. You want to grow mm-hmm. progressively because yep. you've deserved it. Mm. And you want to fit in at those stockists. You don't want to mm. be like people getting us off and be like, yeah. oh, like this is this is falling apart. And also or I yeah. think a you bigger want, point to that. You want to trust like your yeah. product as well. I think a point to that as well is that we're definitely at the space now. Like we're in, in the point in time, like we touched on before with our manufacturing and with the quality that we're happy with. For the longest time, we were still like getting getting our manufacturing sorted and getting like, you know, different parts of, you know, like sampling, whatever it may be, like perfected. And now we're at a point where we are truly, really confident in our product. And that's the biggest thing that will allow us to be happy to go into the stockers because we would not be happy providing item that we weren't 100% back yeah because you know. then it's like 
the other business is like shouldering your <laughs> risk now. Yeah, yeah. Like if someone's like complaining about like a product, obviously we'll just be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, we'll give you a refund. But yeah. we don't want to put that it on, on another, another business. business. And yeah. we also want that business to do well because of us. Yeah, you know, like we don't that's want, not a good business yeah, relationship. Yeah. yeah. Well, also you guys are better set up to capitalize now. Like if you, four years mm. ago, if mm. you had that garment in a stoppist mm. and someone's like, I want a thousand of these. And you're yeah. like, we can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> For so now, with everything already. set up a bit yeah. more, manufacturing. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's, um, that's, that's a credit to you guys mm. for getting it to the point that it is. But yeah, guys, th- that's, that was a great chat. We covered heaps. Yeah. Um, thank, thanks again for having <laughs> us in this space. It's beautiful. Yeah, no worries. It's inspiring. You know, we got a huge, the listener can't say, but we had a huge rack of clothes behind us. Yeah, yeah. Different products and yeah, what you guys have done and how, how much you're perfecting your process is mm. just incredible. The fact that you guys have held a personal relationship and a business one, mm. never seen it. So yeah. thank <laughs> you so much, guys. So much respect. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, yeah. guys.